That is so true, isn't it? That is so true. Wonderful words that uh, to know that we really are in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, where two or three are gathered. We do believe that He is in the midst of us. I wasn't in a very godly place yesterday. Uh, you want me to? to I wasn't in a, in a very godly place yesterday. Uh, I got a wee break from looking after my wife yesterday and my sons and my two grandsons came and picked me up and uh, I found myself in Hamden yesterday at the, the Falkirk uh, Hibernian football game <laughs> and uh, as I looked around and I watched the game the team that should have won didn't win <laughs> and the team that really played the worst the only chance that they got and scored the goal <laughs> now that put the Fokker supporters wild and the Hibernian supporters going home uh, rather sad but you know as I looked around that I just felt the Holy Spirit saying you know at times that's just like the church the church has the capacity to be always winning but sometimes we don't take that opportunity and we find that we're in a rut. We find that we're not the place where we should be. Jesus Christ expected his body on earth to be something special. When Jesus was uh, ascended up into heaven, he left behind the seeds of something that was to change the world. Amen? He left us to continue his work and he left us that we might extend his victory on Calvary across the earth. So you and I this morning, we are part of something special. We are part of the body of Christ left here to complete his work. He completed the work of salvation on the cross. He could say, it is finished. But when we start in the Acts of the Apostles, it said all that Jesus began to do and to teach. And so we are part of the began to do and the began to teach in order to reach out into this world of ours. So I want you to feel special this morning, okay? I want you to say to yourselves, I'm special because God has left me something to do in order to fulfill his plans and his purposes here on earth. Amen? I'm excited about this morning because I don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> uh, normally I have, a, I have a good idea of where the Holy Spirit wants me to take me, but uh, this has been quite a traumatic two weeks God very graciously gave me a phrase last night and it's around that phrase that I'm just asking the Holy Spirit just to lead us and to guide us I love when God does that you know, he knows you're tired he knows your, your weakness he knows uh, who you are but he still draws near you know, you know, like the two on the road to Emmaus they were downhearted, they were weak they were depressed and they were on the, the way away from Jerusalem and Jesus himself draws near I love when Jesus himself draws near because he doesn't just draw near, but he went with them. And uh, 
he asked them a question and said, oh, we thought that this was the man that was going to change things. But praise God this morning, we know he is the man that changes things, amen? And he changes things in our lives, and when we are at our weakest, that's when he pours in his strength. He continually keeps in pouring his strength. But the, the phrase that God gave me as I put my head on the pillow last night was, he gives us the capacity to take on heavenly things. Amen. Divine the capacity in our lives. And I got excited about that last night because we, through the victory of the cross, are able to receive things that the world cannot receive. Amen? You know, no matter who they are out there in the world, if they don't have Christ as their saviour, they are not receiving the things that you can receive. Amen? Now, I don't know if that excites you this morning, but that excites me. It doesn't matter how educated they are, it doesn't matter how high they are, it doesn't matter how much power they have. You and I sitting here this morning, saved by the blood of Jesus, are able to receive things that they cannot receive. Divine capacity comes into the lives of believers such as you and I. How privileged is that this morning? You know, and uh, as I went to bed last night, I, I just got a wee bit excited about, about being able to receive from the heavens and from God into my own soul. So, if you've got your Bibles, we're going to turn to, to Colossians chapter 1. I want to start in Colossians chapter 1 and we'll see where the Holy Spirit takes us. We're going to start at verse number 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in, a, uh, uh, in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. That we please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son that he loves, in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins and God will add a blessing to that reading of his word and uh, there will be other uh, passages of scripture that I want to touch on this morning as the Holy Spirit brings them to remembrance it's good to pray for each other isn't it it really, you see, the power of, of prayer can change other people's lives. Okay? Uh, you know the person's in a situation, and you know a person is going through this, and you uh, are called by the Holy Spirit to pray in that situation. You can change their lives. They might not have the strength to pray. We've all been there. Where we really haven't got the strength to pray for ourselves, but we know that other people are praying for us. And here's a wee insight into Paul's prayer life. Because I believe that Paul had never been at, at, at Colossae, but I'd heard about them. It's good when, when people hear about you and they pray about you. You see, the best place that you can bring up what's happening to other people is not to, not to someone else. But the best place to speak about other people is in the presence of God. Amen? You know, if the church could only learn that, <laughs> that the best place to speak about other people is in the presence of God. 
you know, it's, it's to bring them before God who is able to then send out the answer. And other people might be praying and you might be the answer to other people's prayers. That there might be a prayer goes up in Australia for someone here in Woodisburn and God then says to you, you're the answer to that prayer. And you go and you either pray about it or you go and you touch people's lives. We are in this wonderful global community that time and space matter nothing when we're linked with the eternal God. Amen. I think that's amazing that we can pray here in Moodisburn and can affect the life of someone on the other side of the world because we're all part of God's global family. And we get a wee insight into here, into Paul's prayer light that he had heard about the, the people at Colossae and what he was hearing, he it brought them into the presence of God so that he could pray for them. It says back in, uh, in, in verse number 3, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith. We have heard great things about you. That got me thinking. I wonder what other people hear about us. And I wonder what other people hear about this fellowship. I wonder what the people in Buddhism hear about this fellowship. You know... I've written about above here, and it's maybe not a, a good word, but I put here reputation. You know, when people hear about you, they make up their minds about you. You know, and uh, and it's sad at times that people come to the wrong conclusion because of something that they've heard and they've believed and they've they've acted on it and they have uh, sort of spoken wrongly about a situation. But what do you put out in your office, in your street, in the fellowship here, in your family? What do the people hear about you? You know, that's quite a challenge. I know we're not into, into reputations and kingdom building, but, but people hear things about you. And if we're living the life that God wants us to live... Fill the capacity with, with the divinity. You know, because we're going to touch maybe a wee bit on that when we're, we're filled with uh, the knowledge of his will. Imagine you and I have got the capacity to know the fullness and knowledge of the will of God. You know, th that's just outstanding and amazing. In fact, that is awesome that you and I can, can, can download sort of something to be filled with the knowledge of the will of God. You know, and that is Paul's prayer. You see, when you pray for people, always pray that they'll be blessed, that they'll be expanded, that they'll be filled. You know, don't, don't pray the answers to God. You know, God knows what he's doing. But bring a person to God and allow, but, but always pray for their blessing, always pray for their expansion, always pray that they might be, like Paul, that they might be filled with the knowledge of his will. You know, I, I just, I, I think that's awesome that the, 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 the creator God, the God who rules over all heaven and earth and eternity, allows you and me to be filled with the knowledge of his will. And by being filled with the knowledge of his will, that then affects our lives because we're hearing what the will of God is for our lives, for our families, 
and for our fellowships. And Paul says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying. You know, this is a wee insight into the prayer life of Paul. He heard about, about, a, about a fellowship at Colossae. He heard about their faithfulness. He heard about their spreading the gospel. And he heard about their fruitfulness. And he wanted to pray for them. You know, it's good to pray. It's good to pray for other people. How often have you been lying in your bed or now walking on the street and a name has dropped into your mind? You've, you've had these moments and immediately you start to pray for that person. You don't know why you're praying for them because the Holy Spirit has dropped a name into your mind and you just pray for them in order that they might be filled with the knowledge of His will for whatever situation that they're in. You know, you, we don't need to know the situation, but we know that by praying that they might be filled with the knowledge of his will, we know that they're going to understand and go through that situation. Amen? You know, we are linked to an amazing... I wish we could capture what we're linked into. I wish we could capture what we're, what we're able to tap into. You know, because we're able to tap into uh, something out with this world. We're able to tap into another kingdom. We're able to, to tap into another, another world, another power. We're able to tap into the sovereignty and majesty and glory of God. And that should touch your lives. You know, that should change your lives, knowing what we're linked into. You and I are linked into something which is eternal. We, you and I are linked into, into this amazing God that we, that we sang about this morning, that God of, uh, of just great love who loves us and gave his son to die upon the cross for us. And for this reason, we have not stopped praying and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. See, Paul is praying that the, the church at Colossae would understand the fullness of the will of God. Because God has a will for you and for, and for me. God has a plan and a purpose. God has a, already written your destiny. And you, we want to, to, to link in with that. We want to, to tie ourselves in with God's plan. Amen. We want to link ourselves in with God's will. We want to link ourselves in with the purposes of God. You didn't look awfully excited this morning, but I'm excited about this. Because we are so, so privileged that we are linked in with God through Christ. Divine capacity has been expanded because it's only spiritual men that can receive the spiritual things. And I, I use men in the, in the, in the, in the non-gender sense. It's only men linked with Christ that have this divine capacity expanded. You see, every, everyone born has a place in their heart for God. Because God has planted eternity in the lives of all. And John actually, John's uh, gospel tells us everyone born into the world sees a bit of that light. But it's only when you come to a knowledge, a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as Saviour and Lord, that this divine capacity becomes available to us. That God can then come in and fill your life, fill your heart, fill your soul, fill every part of your being with himself. God must love us so much, eh? 
God must love us so much and all our feelings and all uh, uh, the things that we, uh, we get all wrapped up in. And God still loves us enough that he still wants to overflow us with his presence. That we might move in that overflow of the presence of God. And then he says, it's, uh, you might understand this through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order. See, there's, he's not only praying that you might uh, understand the, and be filled with the fullness of his will and all understanding and wisdom, but there's a reason for that. It's not that they say, oh, I know this and I know that. Look at me, I know all this stuff. It's nothing about knowledge. It's about action. Because what, uh, what Paul goes on to say then is that we pray this in order that you live a life that's worthy of the Lord. Amen? That you live a life that's worthy of the Lord. That's the outcome of Paul's prayer. That's what he wants to see happening in action. That when you receive the, the, the fullness of the, of the will of God and, and, and his wisdom and his understanding, it's in order that your walk, that your life might be effective and it might be a life that's lived according to his plans and his purposes. How great is our God? How awesome is our God that he continues no matter how often we fail and how often we, we, we tend to go uh, in a different direction that God still comes and he wants to fill us with the knowledge of, of his will and order that we may understand and have wisdom and to walk worthy of his calling I think Paul uh, over in the Ephesians if I could just put my hand on the, on the spot uh, Ephesians chapter 4 it says this as a prisoner of the Lord then I urge you to live life a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and be gentle and be patient, bearing with, uh, with, with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Now, this is let you see how this life that pleases God should be lived. You know, it's not just a, a, it's a life, uh, according to Paul in Ephesians, it's a life that's to be lived out in humility. You know, it's a life that's to be lived out with, with gentleness. It's a, live, a life that's lived. It's, in fact, reading these things, it's a, it's a life lived bearing the fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? It's a life lived bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, and kindness, and understanding, and, and, and patience, and, and long-suffering, and gentleness. Uh, bearing with one another in love. Now, that's interesting. It doesn't say, not with each other. You know? It says, bearing each other. It's like, uh, it's, like the, it's like the weak plant, isn't it? If you've got a plant and it's growing, it, but it, it, it's not, not strong enough to stand by itself, you go and get a stake, don't you? And you put a stake down. You put something that's stronger than the plant down and you tie the plant to the stake. In some ways in Isaiah, Isaiah 53, where intercession is mentioned twice, this is the idea of intercessory prayer, that you draw alongside a weak person and you become the strong person. In Christ, you become the stake in order that you, you help others to make it through. Amen? How, how many people can we look at and say, at certain times, they helped me make it through? Because if it hadn't been for these, these people drawn alongside me, I would never have made it through. And see, that's what Paul means here. We bear with, with one another. We draw alongside them like that stake. And we stand with them. We allow them to tie themselves to us in order that you can get strong again. And then you can do the same for other people, you know. That's real intercessory prayer where we draw alongside the weakness of our brothers and sisters and we strengthen them. 
we stand with them in order that they might grow and that they might uh, get stronger and recover. <coughs> Paul says, yeah, in the Colossians that you have the capacity to know the divine will of God. Divine capacity. What a wonderful thing that is. But not only does he give us divine uh, capacity, but if you come to Ephesians chapter 1, we find that we're not left on our own to do these things because I'm just going with where the Holy Spirit wants it. Is it okay if I, if I walk around a wee bit? No. <laughs> This is me. <laughs> if, you, if you go to Ephesians chapter 1, uh, not only do we have divine uh, capacity to know the, the fullness of his will, but if you will break into verse number uh, 18, and again it's linked with prayer, Paul is... It would be an interesting study to look at, at, at the prayers of Paul. I'll maybe have a look at that myself in, in, in more detail. Uh, is it something I remember looking at it many, many years ago. It, it might be interesting to go back and look at the, at the prayer life of Paul because this next lot of statements also comes out of prayer. It says, I pray also, verse 18, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. His riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparable great power for us. Well, you know, I think that his incomparable is beyond compare. There's not another power in the universe compares with the power of God. And yet God wants us to experience that power in our lives. Amen. It says that uh, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. The power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of uh, in the right hand in the heaven the realms far above all rule and authority power and dominion and every title that can be given not only in this present age but also in the one to come and God has placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything who for? for the church for you and for me wow which is his body the fullness of him who fills everything in every way see God doesn't only want us to be filled with the knowledge of his will but he wants us to be filled with the knowledge that his his power is inherent in you and in me now there are two words for power here if you're, if you're taking notes and you're a student you've got the power that, that he gives to us and the power that's inherent in himself it's two different Greek words the Greek word for the power that he gives to us is dominus and the, the and the power that's inherent in itself to bring all its plans and purposes to fruition is kratos. There's two different words for power there. One is, is translated, in my translation, power, in other words, translated strength. But uh, you see, God wants to give us part of his power, the dunamis. Uh, which in Matthew, Mark and Luke is the, the Greek word for miracle it's the miracle working power of God that he wants you and I to experience in our daily lives, amen what a great God he is isn't he that he wants us to experience something of the, the dunamis power of God the, the miraculous working power of God because in Matthew, Mark and Luke the word so miracle is that same word so dunamis except in John because John doesn't speak about miracles, he speaks about signs so it's a different word entirely and so 
What does this do to us? What, what is the outcome? See, there's always got to be an, an, an outcome. The outcome of knowing his will was that we would walk lives that were worthy of him. Why have we got this power here? You see, it's in order that we have been made alive in Christ. In chapter 2, it tells us how we used to live. I hope in every one of our lives there's a used to. You know, I hope in every one of our lives there's a, a used to. This is how we used to live. This was before we come to Christ, this was our life. And that's what Paul says in, in verses 1 and 2 and 3 of, uh, of chapter 2. This is how you used to live. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. The same power that he exerted to bring Christ up from the grave is the very same power that makes us alive. Not not in Christ, that's true but with Christ, we're, we're with Christ in this power, amen to know that God exerted that same, that same power for you and for me, that made us alive in Christ, but not only did it make us alive in Christ uh, uh, this is one of the good buts in scripture there's some bad buts in scripture but this is one of the good buts in scripture but because of his great love for us God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in, in, in transgressions it is by grace we have been saved and God raised us up with Christ not only has he made us alive with Christ, but has also raised us up with Christ. Amen. What a wonderful place we're in this morning. We're above the world this morning. Where? Because we've been raised up with Christ and we've been seated where Christ is seated. Amen. Isn't that wonderful that you and I have been seated in the same place where Christ has been seated in heavenly realms. And therefore, um, we are, I don't know if you, if you know the song, uh, I was preaching the other week on the, the sound of the marching in the balsam trees. You know, from, from 2 Samuel chapter 5. And, and Godfrey Brittle has got a wonderful song about that. You know, and it says, uh, if I can just remember the first line, it says, We rise to the heavens above and look below on the earth beneath. You see, we are seated in heavenly realms, therefore we can view earth differently than if we're, if, if we're living in it. You see, we're in the world, but we're not off the world. And then when we pray, we can pray from heavenly realms, not from the, not from the world's eye view, but a bird's eye view. And we can, get, we can capture something, or the bigness, or the greatness, or the plan of God. And then he says that we will we'll be raised up with Christ, and seated with him in heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. In order. What is it? See? There's always an in order. There's always an action that actually comes out of that. And it says this, in order. Wow. This is going to take your breath away again. I know you know what's coming. But I want you to just read it as if you're reading this for the first time. It says, in order. In the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Wow. You and I are going to display this in the ages to come. <laughs> if you had read that for the first time, come on. You, be, you should be jumping up and down your seats for this time. You should be shouting, Hallelujah, praise God. Because the action of all that started with us being raised up with Christ is that in the ages to come, is going to show in you and me the wonders of His grace. I think it's wonderful that one day everything that Jesus says is going to be displayed in you and in me. The glory of his grace just to be displayed in you and in me.
divine capacity, divine power. Where can we go next? Philippians chapter 3. Let's break in to the verse. Uh, let's just go into, into verse 10. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Now there's other parts of this verse that we've gone to, but I just want to I just want to stop for time at these. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. Wow. You see, Paul is nearly the, at the end of his life here, he's in prison and he's writing these wonderful letters out of prison, but he's still got a hunger. I hope we've all still got a hunger to know more about God. I hope we've still got a hunger, hunger to know more of his will. I hope we've still got a hunger to know more of his power displayed in our lives. And Paul says that I might know him. Here is a power, the understanding of it cannot be taught in any university of man. It is gained by knowledge, but it's gained by knowledge of Christ, that I might know him. And once I know him, then I'll get to know the power of his resurrection. See, the power of the resurrection, and I haven't got, I haven't got time to go into today, but the power of his resurrection is the door, is the gateway to every other blessing in the New Testament. Because without the resurrection power, there is no, there, there is no justification. Because... Uh, I'm trying to mean that we that we chorus rising he he justifies what is it living he loved me dying he saved me buried he carried my sins far away rising he justified feel it forever one day he's coming oh glorious day see without the resurrection power we could never be justified because it had to be the resurrection power that brings justification because if he had still been in the grave Paul tells us Corinthians we'd be the most miserable men on the earth and what we were telling people would just be a load of lies would just be a load of rubbish but we know that he's alive this morning amen we know that he's alive and what we're saying this morning is true and the resurrection power brings justification the resurrection power brings uh, so many other things without the resurrection power of Jesus we wouldn't have the Holy Spirit because it says in Acts chapter 1 if we could maybe just go to Acts chapter 1 I'm just sort of flipping through the scriptures here we're going for a wee tour here it's a mystery tour but uh, <laughs> if we go into Acts chapter 1 and we're going to go to verse number 32, God has raised this Jesus to life, amen, the resurrection power, and we are all witnesses of this fact, exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, and has poured out what you now see and hear see, without the resurrection power, there would be no pouring out the Holy Spirit, it was only when Jesus was, was raised and ascended to the right hand of God God then gave him the Holy Spirit in order that he might pour it out on you and on me the resurrection power means that we, that Jesus has been glorified, he's reached heaven because he is alive, amen let's go to that, uh, that verse in, in uh, John chapter 7 
On the, verse 37 On the last and great day of the feast Jesus stood and said in a loud voice If anyone is thirsty Let him come to me and drink Whoever believes in me As the scripture said Streams of living water Will flow from within him By this he meant the spirit Whom those who believed in him Were later to receive And that's what we read about In Acts chapter 1 But up to that time The spirit had not been given Why? Since Jesus had not been glorified you see, without the resurrection power of Jesus, the Holy Spirit could not be poured out. But praise God this morning, we are filled to overflowing with the Spirit of God. Paul writes to Ephesians, keep on being filled. What with? The Holy Spirit of God. Acts chapter 1. Divine capacity. Wonderful. Divine power. Glorious. And then we come to Acts chapter 1. The divine plan. Okay? <laughs> We could read the whole, the whole chapter, but I'm not going to. John, verse 5, John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then he goes on to say, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. See, there's always action comes out of what God as it gives you. God doesn't give you anything just for the sake of giving you it. He gives it in order that there might be an action takes place in our lives. And so when we get this, uh, this filling of the Holy Spirit, the action is that we might become witnesses. That's where we get our English word martyr from. Martyrs is the Greek word for, for witness. Uh, and so many of our brothers and sisters around the world are really martyred for their faith today. Today there'll be, I don't know how many, how many thousands of Christians will be martyred. ISIS is just, I, I just heard this morning that ISIS have captured one of the, one of the biggest Christian towns in either Iraq or, or Afghanistan, I don't know, but they have, they have now sort of captured the most sort of Christianized sort of city in that area. Can you imagine what they're going to do? Can you imagine what they're going to do? Can you imagine, and yet, can you imagine these these school children in these schools they're asked are you Muslim or Christian you know you've got a gun at your head are you Muslim or are you Christian you know the biggest belief what men do to men and because they say they're Christian they're martyred for their faith you see God uses you and me filled with his Holy Spirit to reach the rest of the world amen there, there's no other plan <laughs> God's not got another plan for Woodysburn. It's the church of Jesus Christ. I'm not only saying here in this, in this new beginnings, but every Christian here in Woodysburn is part of the plan of martyring for Jesus, of witnessing for Jesus. And there might be a time comes back in Scotland where we will be martyred for our faith. And you might say, how that? It might be coming. Because the way things are going, it might be coming. And a bit of persecution wouldn't be bad for the church. It would wake the church up to start believing that what God says is true. The divine plan is that you and I should be martyrs for the gospel. That we should be witnesses for the gospel. That we should take the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth. Uh, verse 10. Divine capacity. Yes. Divine power. Yes. To be part of oh, a divine plan. Yes. I've not got a D for the next one. Unless it comes. They were looking intently, verse number 10. 
Verse 9, after he said this, he was taken up before them their eyes, and a cloud hit him from their sight. They were looking intently up into, into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside him. Men of Galilee said, Why do you stand here looking up into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way that you have seen him go. I've got a D. Divine promise. <laughs> How's that? Here is a divine promise that Jesus is coming back again. That we're going to see him for the very first time. Amen. Can you imagine what he'll look like? Can you imagine the glory of the occasion? Can you imagine it might be, it might be cut up through the clouds? Uh, there's that many uh, understandings about, about how Jesus is going to come. I'm a rapturist. I'm, a, I'm an old brethren rapturist. I believe that, uh, that what it says in Thessalonians chapter 4 is true. That when the, uh, when, when the trump sounds and the, the angel sh- shouts and we'll all be caught up together to meet the Saviour in the air. What a moment of rapture that will be. To see the Jesus we're speaking about here. The Jesus who died on the cross. The Jesus who made it possible for us to have divine capacity. The Jesus who made it possible for us to move in divine power. The Jesus who made it it possible for us to be part of God's divine plan and now we're part of God's divine promise that he's going to come and we're going to see him we're going to stand before him, we're going to be face to face with Christ my saviour face to face, what will it be? When in rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ who died for me glorious morning isn't it? That's the action that's going to take place at the end of the age that we are going to see Jesus We're going to look upon his face. We're going to worship him as we've never worshipped him before. We're going to stand around the throne and we're going to praise his name. We're going to sing hallelujahs to the Saviour who loved us and shed his own blood for us. We're going to bow and cast our crowns before him and we're going to be there for all eternity. What a glorious promise this morning that you and I have as we leave this place. We know that we can be filled with with a divine capacity. We know that we can move in divine power. know that we can be part of the fulfillment of the divine plan but we're also going to be part of this wonderful divine promise that Jesus himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Amen. It might be today. That was an old old thing when I was brought up. It was always it might be today. It might be today either by death or by the coming again of the Lord Jesus Christ. It might be today that we will see him all that throws my soul is Jesus. Eh? All that throws my soul is Jesus. Are you thrilled with Jesus this morning? You know? Are you are you thrilled to overflowing with Jesus this morning? Because He is the Savior, the Lord. He is the one who's done so much for us. All that throws my soul is Jesus. Because it, it's, a, it's a note of triumph. It's a note that thrills us, that sends us home with ecstasy. Amen. We want, not in the wee tablet forum, but uh, we want to go home filled with ecstasy this, this morning that Jesus is alive, that Jesus cares for us, that Jesus wants us to move in the, in the fullness of who he planned us to be. Jesus left his church to be special. And I want you to walk out here this morning believing that you're special. The divine capacity. The divine the power, the divine plan, and the divine promise. Amen. <laughs> Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you this morning for everything that you have uh, worked out for us. God, you are so amazingly wonderful that you looked, that you even made a plan for our lives before you made the earth. 
oh we're so thrilled this morning that you, 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 you chose us in Christ from before the foundation of the world thank you for the, the cross of Calvary thank you for the, the, the change that's come into our life for a wonderful change in our life has been wrought since Jesus came into our hearts thank you for the, 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 the opportunity to move in accordance with your plan to know your will, to know your purpose to be part of your, of your working out this great salvation out to the whole earth God we want to move here this morning living our lives in the light of the promise of his coming that one day we're going to see him one day we're going to stand before him one day we're going to be like him and these bodies of, of uh, all that we endure in them are going to be changed to be like his glorious body what a prospect this morning that these, these bodies are, that are prone to, to failure and to sickness and that day they're going to be like unto his glorious body hallelujah praise the Lord this morning we thank you for everything you've done in our lives everything you're going to do in our lives and to you we give the glory in Jesus name Amen